When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into episode nine of College Football Smothered and Covered. My name is Barrett Salee. I really appreciate you checking out this show. We're almost at double digits. That's right. We are almost at double digits and the reception for the show has been tremendous. I really appreciate you checking it out on YouTube, Rumble, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you consume your college football content. I please urge you, to share the show, get other people involved. If you like the show, leave us a rating on Apple, leave us a rating on YouTube. If you don't like the show, or if you think there are things that we can improve upon, please leave a comment always up for some constructive criticism. We'll talk a little bit about Ryan Grubb. We'll take your questions. A lot going on in today's show, but of course, it's the Monday after the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about how the Chiefs executed that drive in overtime or what happened with the 49ers in the second half or any of that stuff. They'll leave that for the NFL folks. But I think from a college football perspective, we need to address a couple of these things that are really darn cool for us that focus more on the college game. First of all, Patrick Mahomes. I think there are some when he was coming out of Texas tech that viewed him as maybe a system quarterback because He was in a system, let's be honest, that generally speaking and historically was an air raid and not always translated to the NFL. But as we've seen right now, he is now in the discussion, in that fraternity with guys like Joe Montana, Eli Manning, Steve Young, Troy Aikman. The success he's had in the postseason is undeniable. Is he Tom Brady? No. And there's a couple reasons he's not. One, he doesn't have the as many Lombardi trophies. I think that's obvious. But two, I think coming out of college, the arm talent was there. Yeah, people might have confused him as a system quarterback, misdiagnosed him as a system quarterback. But you could see the physical traits. Everybody knew what kind of player he was. Maybe you didn't like him in the first round, but you might have liked him in the second. You probably liked him at the in the third round at worst. But To see him thrive the way he has, it has been awesome for people like me who have have seen, look, I'm 43. I've I've seen 
the NFL slowly and but surely incorporate some of those things that the Mike Leach system at Texas Tech used, the Hal Mummy system at Kentucky used. It's been cool to see what Patrick Mahomes has done to elevate the game of football to a point where college offenses and specifically the air raid, you know, that's not viewed as a system anymore. It's viewed as the norm. Yeah, way back when the Dusty Bonner era, you know, way back in in the mid 2000s, sure, Mike Leach's system, the air raid system, which is now, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's and, and moving through the evolution of that coaching tree, it it has evolved. Bits and pieces of that have moved not just throughout the NFL, but also into offenses run by traditional coaches in college, like a Nick Saban before he retired, like a Kirby Smart, even Kirk Ferentz. That's right. Iowa even incorporates some of those elements. So to me, watching a guy like Patrick Holmes, who I liked coming out of Texas Tech, I didn't think he was a system quarterback. Now, I did not think he would elevate himself into Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Joe Montana territory, especially early in his career. No one thought that. I don't. If you thought that, you'd have been viewed as crazy. Even if you liked him, even if you were okay with him being drafted in the first round, being where he is right now, uh, that's a little bit aggressive. That's a little bit aggressive. And you probably liked Mitch Trubisky or somebody like that too, which is and was totally insane. Uh, but uh, really cool to see Patrick Mahomes. But I think what's more interesting to me is the story of Mecole Hardman, who obviously caught the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl last night. Uh, this is a guy who I've gotten to know um, a, a little bit when he was at Georgia. He went to Elbert County High School uh, in Georgia, uh, which is far east, east of Athens, uh, Granite Bowl is where they play. If you don't know what the Granite Bowl is, look it up in Elbert County, Georgia. Elbert County also home of America's Stonehenge, which got bombed a couple years ago. If you don't know what that's all about, look at a creepy, creepy, weird things. But the Granite Bowl is one of America's uh, best high school football stadiums. But he was a superstar, but he was a superstar athlete. And I remember when he committed in 2016, Kirby Smart's first class at Georgia. He'd only been on the job for a couple years. Michael Hardman himself said that his long-term future was as the as, uh, as a defensive back. And he was okay with that. And he gets to Georgia and they put him at wide receiver. And, and he said something along the lines of, yeah, I'm okay with that. But long-term future, I'll, I'll play defensive back. Uh, that was wrong, obviously. Yeah, I don't think he ever played defensive back. He might have practiced, but I don't think he ever saw action even as a backup on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and and so I think when when Kirby Smart got there, he saw what kind of player Mecole Hardman uh, could be, and look where he is now, catching the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl in overtime, and one of the most dramatic Super Bowls that we've ever seen. So really like it for him. Uh, like uh, He's one of those guys, I remember when he got drafted, I, I kind of made the joke of, they're going to put Mecole Hardman, that kind of athlete, with Patrick Mahomes? That's scary. Now, you kind of saw his career kind of go in a bunch of different directions, really good early, then kind of faded out as more athletes, more weapons sort of joined that chief system, goes away to New Jersey, comes back, and now look at where he is. So that part is really cool. And really, for me in the NFL, I'm busy on Sundays, right? Like I have college football stuff to deal with, whether it be Sirius XM, the show from 9 to noon on Channel 84, 
or rankings that come out, the AP and the coaches poll, odds that come out for the next week's game. So for the NFL, you know, I, I don't really start getting deep into it until after the college football national championship game, which in the future is going to be really hard because basically I won't get to see, won't get to focus much on the NFL until um, the last couple of weeks of the playoffs. But um, you know, to see guys like that, to see players that we've grown accustomed to and watched since they committed out of high school and seen, and I'm using Nicole Hardman as an example, seen evolve and grow into professionals and see their careers thrive at the next level. And in, in, in this case, the ultimate level for Patrick Mahomes and for Hardman, that's just so cool. And uh, I, I think for those of us in this world, and, and I'm not just talking about, you know, the guys that cover recruiting 24, seven, 365 uh, for 24, seven sports or, or on three or rivals or whatever. But even those of us who jump into the college game, as soon as they become, you know, freshmen, um, awesome to see. And so for me, that was the story of last night. If you're a Chiefs fan, I get it. If you're a 49ers fan, I get it. Uh, you have other things to deal with. And if you're a casual sports fan, you probably enjoy the NFL more than college football because it's the most popular sport in the world. I, I think college football is a much better product. I think a lot of other people do too, but we're in the minority. But those of us in this world, I think, take more joy in that than whoever wins, unless you have investments and money on the game, which I understand completely. But uh, really cool to see Hardman catch the game-winning touchdown and Patrick Mahomes throw it after uh, being labeled as a system quarterback coming out of Texas Tech. Reminder, college football smothered and covered is brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations. If you're looking for a vacation rental this summer, Okaloosa Island between Destin and Fort Walton Beach, CoastalVibeVacations.com, 850-888-0515, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom condos, they have you covered. CoastalVibeVacations.com. All right, let's talk about Ryan Grubb leaving Alabama for the NFL. Grubb, of course, came to Alabama with head coach Kalen DeBoer to run the offense, which is interesting because Nick Saban really wanted Ryan Grubb last offseason. He chose to stay in Seattle. Obviously, that worked out pretty well as Washington played in the national championship game. But this is shady as hell. All right. After National Signing Day, traditional National Signing Day, leaving the program that you joined two days after saying, I'm Ryan Grubb. And we heard, we said this on the show. He said at the Yay Alabama event, I'm Ryan Grubb and I'm your offensive coordinator. Now, as we said last week, that didn't necessarily set things in stone because he, in fact, was the Alabama offensive coordinator at the time and things changed. Now, the report out of the Seattle Times is that Grubb, wanted to wait until after the 30-day transfer portal window closed. That's awful. That's awful on his part. And Alabama fans will say, and I, I think they have said, hey, he wanted to make sure the roster was set in stone. Okay, that's the problem. Because let's just look, several Washington players transferred to Alabama, including quarterback Austin Mack, who might, might actually win the job. But Austin Mack transferred to 
Alabama in part to play with Ryan Grubb. A lot of other Washington players transferred because they're comfortable with Ryan Grubb. And he up and leaves. Think about what he's sold to these players, what Kalen DeBoer sold to these players to get them to Tuscaloosa. And now things might change. Things might have to change. Because I don't care who comes in to take over that offense. Kalen DeBoer is going to have other things to deal with. Believe me, being the head coach at Alabama does not mean just showing up and coaching ball. That's not how that works. So Kalen DeBoer, because this is a little bit more of a, uh, a, a different dynamic in terms of job responsibilities than Washington, a lot's going to be on the offensive coordinator. Now, Kalen DeBoer might take that job himself. Maybe he does. And the system's probably not going to change all that much. It's going to change a little. It's going to change a little. So what if Jalen Milrow doesn't succeed in fall camp? What if he doesn't win the starting quarterback job? And Austin Mack does. He's going to have to, he's going to, have to learn a little bit of a different system. This might now help Jalen Milrow keep that job, which, look, Alabama fans are going to have an opinion one way or the other. But the truth of the matter is now, Austin Mack, not sorry, Austin Mack, Ryan Grubb, according to the Seattle Times, left after the window, after recruiting players, even some of his players, and selling players, high school players, transfer players, about his system, selling him on the system. That's awful. That's misleading kids. That is something that you really shouldn't do as a man. And I say kids, I really mean young men, but there's kind of a bridge, right? From college to post-college, you're, you're kind of sort of in the middle. That's not preserving the roster. That's misleading the roster. And so now, if you're if you're Kalen DeBoer, you've been telling players, you've been probably tampering and talking to players after the 30-day window, hey, you know what? Come join my system. This is what it, how it works. This is how it works with my offensive coordinator. And you, even DeBoer might have been lying. This might have been a plan all along. He probably has a plan B, maybe even a plan C, plan D. But did he sell those players on it? If he did, that's shady. And if Ryan, if Ryan Grubb clearly has some issues in terms of personality and how he operates as a coach. But even Kalen DeBoer, I, I man, I, if I'm an Alabama fan, I'm concerned because I think that the first couple of weeks of the DeBoer era haven't gone well it kind of looks like he's not ready for the responsibilities of this job, or he just doesn't know the responsibilities of this job. But it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens after spring practice because there will be a lot of, of players who are interested and available. The way DeBoer's acted, I don't know if it's going to be that much of an attractive job, an attractive place. 
Reminder, college football smothered and covered is brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations. If you're looking for a vacation rental this summer, Okaloosa Island between Destin and Fort Walton Beach, CoastalVibeVacations.com, 850-888-0515. One bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom condos, they have you covered. CoastalVibeVacations.com. All right, let's do a little Q&A. You know, sometimes I like to grab some questions that I get asked on X or threads or wherever and, you know, get some topics that I think are maybe of concern to fans, you know, around the country. And and look, I like to reward our loyal viewers and listeners from time to time and give them shout outs as well. So Brooks Watson, B Watson, 1972 on X is Clemson's model of not taking transfers sustainable in today's college football world. Can Dabo get the Tigers back on track doing it his way? Brooks, the answer is no, he can't. And that is an indictment of Dabo Sweeney as a head coach because stubbornness, I think, is the worst possible trait that you can have. It's exactly why Jimbo Fisher did not work out at Texas A&M. Now, will Clemson tank that bad? Probably not because the ACC is nowhere close to the SEC in terms of overall difficulty. Does that mean Dabo's going to stay this way? I would hope not. I'm surprised that he has dug his heels in the way that he has. But Dabo's success and Clemson's success was built on making sure that the core of the team stays intact, right? They wanted to play for Clemson. They didn't want to play anywhere else. They wanted to play for Clemson because of the attitude of the coaches, the way it prepares them for the NFL, not just on the field, but but off the field as well. That does that that mindset is not ingrained in high school football players anymore. You know, we're what, 3 years into the transfer portal era. They've made tweaks here and there obviously, but there are kids in in th- these were kids in middle school when this whole system became part of the culture of college football. So they don't remember the days of Christian Watkins and, and those guys that came back specifically to win championships at Clemson. Like those guys were like foreign to them. These kids were in seventh grade, eighth grade, sixth grade when Clemson was winning those national championships. So from a mindset perspective, they don't care. These kids don't care. So is is this sustainable? No. Will Dabo stay this way? My gut says that he won't and that at some point he's going to have to realize that he's wrong. If he doesn't, then Clemson's not going to be a national power under Dabo Sweeney ever, ever. Because everybody else is passing him by. Kirby has even embraced it. And Kirby was one of those guys who who dug in quite a bit a couple years ago. Uh, before the 2021 season, before the national championship, he prided himself. And he told me this, that he's proud that he didn't accept a single transfer. But now look at what's happened. He's adding transfers left and right. Now, 
Is it just because of quantity? No, he's going after specific positions. Like last offseason, he clearly needed a couple wide receivers. So Ra Ra Thomas, Dominic Lovett come in. Now, are they superstars? Were they superstars? No. Were they effective and a big part of that team? Absolutely. And I think that's where Clemson has to go. They're not going to be transfer you ever under Dabo Sweeney. Like they're not going to go out there and he's not going to treat this like Lincoln Riley or Lane Kiffin. And that's okay. That That's okay. Because if he treats it like Georgia, like Alabama, where you go out and target specific players, Ohio state's doing this as well, maybe a little bit more than Georgia and Alabama, but they are going after specific players in specific positions of specific needs. And that's all that Clemson has to be. But the shine has worn off of Dabo Sweeney. I I thought, and I've said this and I've written this when I was at CBS and said this on Sirius XM, and, and even dating back to the days when I was at BR, that it was Saban and, and Dabo Sweeney and then everybody else. I don't know if I'd put Dabo Sweeney in the top five in terms of coaches now. In fact, I wouldn't because of his stubbornness. Now, if he changes, that will change if he goes back to winning national championships. But to me, that is, based on what he said, it's something that there's still some concern about. And that's why you asked it, Brooks, and I completely get it. In the new look ACC, it is there for him. But Mike Norvell has become Mike Norvell. And that's a problem. That's a big, big problem. I still think Mac Brown has done a great job at North Carolina, and it's going to take a little while. Like I think I don't think North Carolina is in the Clemson uh, zone, but they're a lot tougher than they used to be. I think SMU, once they get their feet wet in the ACC, going to be really good. Rhett Lashley is one of, if not the most underrated coaches in the entire country. But the door is there. It's easier for Clemson, obviously, to make waves and get to the point where they are contending or in the college football playoff every single season. But right now, Clemson, to me, is a program, not just a specific team this year, next year, wherever. Clemson is a program that can make the playoff and probably will make the playoff more times than not. But until things changes, until things change, they're nowhere close to being a team that can actually win the playoff. They're not Georgia. They're not Alabama. They're not Ohio State. They're not Michigan because of Dabo Sweeney not getting in to the transfer portal market, not evolving with the times, not getting the picture and realizing that this is a new era and he's going to have to evolve. I think he will, but he hasn't yet. And yeah, that is very much concerning. That'll do it for this edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. Appreciate you guys watching and listening, however you consume your college football content. I really do appreciate it. This is episode nine, so we still are in our infancy. And, and like I said, when the show started, leave a review. If you don't like the show, if you don't like me, if you don't like things we're doing, leave a review. Trying a bunch of different things, whether it be live or not live, whether it be live at a specific time, morning or afternoon. How do you consume your college football content? What would you like us to do in terms of giving you, the fam, the best college football content out there? 
Have a good Monday, everybody, and we will talk to you later this week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.